mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping their wings on how do you have time to consume all this content <laughs> you're listening to dave spadero interviews i, I take the morning bike ride and i listen oh, to oh i want to hear more about that but go ahead no the google trail I, I oh, really yes. wow yeah, hello everybody and welcome to birds with friends on a tuesday early evening from my hotel room near florham park new jersey this is bo wolf Joined by Shil Kapadia in his hotel room in Florham Park, not in Florham Park, near Florham Park, New Jersey. And joining him, Zach Berman, also in his hotel room near Florham Park, New Jersey. The three of us in the same hotel, but in separate rooms as we record this podcast. Zach, how do you think Shil's doing? I think Shil's doing well. I spent quality time with him today. I was telling Marissa before you guys got on, it's, it was so nice spending quality time with you guys. We don't usually get to see each other in person. So we've been, been uh, exchanging texts for months here, but first time we sat down and we didn't break bread, but broke salad, if you will, uh, for for broke, an hour. We broke lunch. a lot of salad, baby. Yes. Uh, Sheil, what's going on? Well, we had we had lunch. Now we're doing a podcast that the over under would be the, three the and a half is, hours. The clock is ticking. And then we're supposed to eat at eat dinner. I mean, what are we? I don't. I'm not going to have anything else to say uh, after this. I can tell you that much. But um, you know, I, I will enjoy the meal nonetheless. Uh, one second. Okay. Eagles. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we're uh, we're here because the Eagles and Jets had the first of two uh, joint practices, and uh, we saw what happened. We'll talk about that. We'll uh, hear from Marissa. Marissa, what's going on? I'm jealous that you guys are all in New Jersey and I'm not there. Mm, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, here we are. Okay, let's uh, let's get this ball rolling. Uh, I was at uh, I was out I was out to uh, dinner or out to lunch the other day with uh, with my wife and there was a guy a couple tables down who was wearing a shirt that said "All my favorite people call me Grandpa." I don't know if you guys have have seen that shirt before. And, you know, didn't think much of it. Good for that guy. He was, you know, sort of middle-aged, probably probably a young grandpa. And about 10 minutes later, somebody walked out of, uh, you know, an, an apartment building or a row home that was like right in front of the restaurant. And this guy was older. And he was wearing a shirt that said, all my favorite people call me dad. And I was like, what is going on? Like, do these, it, and I was like, is he going to walk over to the same table? But he, he just, just crossed the street. And I was like looking to see if these two guys were ever going to interact and notice each other's shirts. But, but they didn't. They were just two ships passing in the night. Two guys who are uh, wearing like very similar shirts, but called by different names. So, so my away when she'll said let's uh, let's get this going that's what you decided to go with no 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 Zach no see that you were close okay. I thought you had it what you want to do let's do the pause again okay. all right so my big takeaway <laughs> I thought the Eagles defensive line showed up in a in a big way now this is partially due to the uh, Jets offensive line 
not being good, but you know, the, one of the early drills that, or the early periods I was watching there uh, on the one field. I, I mean, it was play after play after play of the Eagles defensive line dominating. And I don't, I don't know, you know, the, the Eagles defensive line has been like pretty good or very good really since I think all three of us ha- have started covering the team. I'm starting to wonder if this could be like a, a special unit, you know, like if, if Josh Sweat ends up being this darling that people think he, he could be, you know, a, a 10, 11, 12 sack guy and Javon Hargrave can be a different player, you know, more of the player we saw in the second half of last year, but even, uh, you know, better than that. Now that he's healthy, he had some fantastic plays today too. Like, like, could this just be a dominant unit? Like, like the best in, in the league, one that carries the entire defense to expectations that maybe people do not have uh, for this defense overall, or is that an overreaction? I don't view it as an overreaction. Uh, now, as far as placing it in historical context, I haven't necessarily viewed it that way, but I, I absolutely agree with not you historical. That. Yeah. I just, no I just historical in terms okay. of like the past decade, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I was using, so I haven't thought of it, of it relative to the past 10 years, but clearly it's the strength of this team. It's the best hope for this team. And it's not just August good, right? Like, like there's an August good where, you look good in training camp, but you never know. Is it the opposing offensive line? Is it is it the way practices are, are structured? These are legitimately good players, and they've done it now. They they did it against the Patriots last week. They're doing it against the Jets today. I know the Jets' offensive line is is not particularly good right now, but I I think this is uh, this says a lot about like like Javon Hargraves playing the way they paid him to play. Josh Sweat is emerging. Uh, they have depth on the edge. You know, they, they're doing this without Ryan Kerrigan. They're doing this without Derek Barnett. So I, I agree. This is a, it is a very good unit. Yeah. So, Hargrave, you know, you Hargrave guys watched the defense more than I, more than I did today. I was watching mostly the offense. Tell me what, like what happened that was so that, that made you think this uh, like that, that turned you around shield to think that this is like, that could be potentially the best defensive line in the league. No, see, it's not anything that turned me around. See, what you do as okay, a well, veteran, you, what, contextualize what you do, the dominance yeah, today. I mean, what you do as a veteran reporter, uh, Bo, is you know you go to these practices and you know you know you're podcasting later, so you th- you know something catches your eye and you say, you know what, this would make for a a good take, a good topic of discussion later. And you write it down. So, so that's all it was. I, I think Zach, you you may have some individual uh, uh, plays. You know, I just have uh, Hargrave really uh, really pushing the pocket and getting yep. in Zach Wilson's face, and and he threw fired incomplete there. I I believe both Josh Sweat and Brandon Graham had uh, had uh, sack fumbles. Is is that? Do you have that, Zach? I had Josh Sweat having one at 11.05. I had, Gra- I had yeah. Graham. How do they one. have sack fumbles when you can't hit the quarterback? Well, yeah, that that's, the, that's I, impressive part. <laughs> exactly. Go on, Joe. Well, well, I was telling Zach after it, like Graham after his was sort of ashamed. Like he didn't celebrate at all. He just walked back because I think he knew he wasn't. You know, I think mm. he just had his hand up as he was rushing the passer and it like hit the ball out of Zach Wilson's uh, hands. And so we know they're not supposed to do that and there was no contact. So we didn't really celebrate, but the point is that he got some, uh, he obviously won his one-on-one battle there. Uh, I noticed a Milton Williams 
blowing up a run play. You know, it was really just one period where it was like play after play after play where the Jets really could not do anything. And you saw the Eagles like really celebrating because they were just getting off the snap quicker. I have a sweat dominating here note uh, where Zach Wilson throws incomplete and, and Josh Sweat just crushed the right tackle right off of the snap. So uh, I, th- I think that was the period that sort of shaped that uh, that take for me a little bit. I do think, um, you know, we, we've uh, we've talked about Javon Hargrave and how I thought that was a bad signing and how I was crushing him in the first half of last year. I do think he's a very interesting player for this defense specifically. I have not read the piece yet, but I know Ted Wynn uh, wrote a piece uh, for the athletic with, uh, I think with Jordan Rodrigue of uh, uh, who covers the Rams for us talking about this idea of not one gapping and not two gapping, but playing like a gap and a half uh, defensively. So you're not firing off the ball into your gap like you were uh, in the Jim Schwartz scheme, but you're a little bit more responsible uh, for a gap and a half. And so I want to read that piece because when he was with the Steelers, of course, he was doing more of the, the two-gap stuff, and they had some looks as a traditional 3-4. And then, of course, last year was a different scheme, and the Eagles were selling it as, well, this is the scheme he's meant to play in under Jim Schwartz. He's going to be a monster in this, and that didn't happen. So uh, I just think he's an interesting player who does have that that skill set to be able to do multiple things, and maybe Jonathan Gannon is going to unlock him a little bit here. It's like a, it's like a Goldilocks situation, potentially. Porridge? No, just he's, right. He's, yeah. It's just right. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. Too passive in Pittsburgh, uh, a little too aggressive last year. Maybe, uh, yeah, one, right. You know, a, 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 <laughs> right. A, a gap and a half is going to be just right. Mm, that sounds like a wolf's den in uh, 2026 when you're allowed to be back in the locker room. So, yeah. That, so, uh, I, I, I would say to you just, you both just, you just uh, ruined Zach's sleep tonight. <laughs> It better be before 2026. Although I would take, I might, I might take the the over. Um, oh no! <laughs> uh, well, for I'm any owners at, listening I'm, to this podcast, uh, <laughs> let's let's get on that. I'm I'm looking at my notes here, um, and it's like Hargrave pressure, uh, 97 pressure, uh, sack Hargrave question mark sweat question mark. Uh, so he has been just sweat like, question been like mark. This. It's good you have good recall. <laughs> Because that yeah. could be a number of different things. You look at that at the end of the practice, and it could be the guy next to you. You know, a little drop. There was, there, believe you. me, there was no <laughs> question mark was about. Sweat? There was no question mark about the sweat at today's practice. Everybody was. Could be another, um, just you know, dripping. could be saliva. Someone, uh, talk, so so that's, so that's good recall. So a, a quick point. Uh, he was he was rushing against Dan Feeney, and I believe Elijah Vera Tucker is injured, so Feeney was in there, and. Uh, it got Feeney, heated at, at, at Boy Meets World reference. And Look at you, uh, pop boy, culture. Yes. Um, and Hargrave was 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 getting Hold the on, end pause. of the matchup. Sorry, we got to do it. I mean, that that was about a boy in like the Philadelphia area, you know, who loved Philadelphia sport. Like if ever there was a sitcom, <laughs> it was down Z-Berm's alley. I feel like that would probably be the one. Am I, I right, Z-Berm? Yeah, and, and you're at that age where like you're really into the into Topanga. So oh, yeah, oh, uh, this is okay, the most personal let's... information we've ever gotten out of you. <laughs> uh, if you and Topanga uh, were to Topanga go on a honeymoon, where would you go? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Florham Park, let's New Jersey get, uh, to watch. Let's, the let's get practice. whatever uh, whatever right. Photoshop you guys can put together, uh, listeners. Hashtag BWF Topanga. With uh, with Zach and Topanga, let's let's make those bad boys go viral. 
He's all he's as Mar- Marissa points out. It's a it's another high school girl. <laughs> oh God! Don't don't say that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ted. You're not gonna get canceled. Um, Marissa with the zinger in the Zoom chat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. If someone hears that out of context, that that is problematic. Um, <laughs> no, I. Anyways, Boy Meets World. I, I did. I did watch that show. But yes, Dan Feeney was blocking Javon Hargrave, and he was not doing a particularly good job of it. So I don't know how Hargrave would have done if that was Vera Tucker in there. But I do think Hargrave has consistently been a difference maker this summer. I asked Fletcher Cox after practice what the biggest difference is with Hargrave this summer compared to last summer. And he said he's healthy, right? That was a major factor last year. So uh, watch out for Hargrave this season. And I, and I don't like, you know, I, I did the ranking of uh, the performance of everybody on the Eagles over the course of the summer, you know, based on what their expectations were coming in. And I don't think it's like you can't overstate how how dominant Javon Hargrave has been on like a day in and day out basis. He has been like arguably the best player on the entire team. So yeah, uh, he's he's certainly up there. Yeah, he's been very good. He's been he's he's been uh, very good. Now, Bo, the uh, I caught part of the one on ones early on with the Eagles wide receivers versus the Jets cornerbacks. Yeah, there were a bunch of mismatches in there. Oh, go ahead. A, a bunch of what mismatches? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what were you okay. going to say? Because it looked no, it looked to me like the Eagles were winning like every single one of those. Am I? Yes. Was that my? Uh, okay. Well, that's that's a good sign. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. the Jets well, I mean, have the worst the Jet, you tell in the me, NFL, I, but still. Yeah, I was going to ask you that, Sheila. Like, how bad are the Jets' corners supposed to be? Because they really were um, sort of consistently dusted throughout that period. Uh, from a talent perspective, I you know I, I would say like consensus worst corner group in the NFL. Oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah. They had, I mean they it was like widely expected that they would address this in the off season and they did not, and so uh, they have like they have nobody. I mean it's it's uh, bless Austin. Yeah. Uh, You're it's, right. uh, yeah. So. So now I will say uh, I will give Robert Sala credit. I, I feel like in uh, San Francisco he did a really good job when they had like guys get injured of getting other players to step up, and it, I thought it was kind of fun watching him coach those corners pretty hands on during that drill. So maybe you know he's not looking for them. He's not going to be like Matt Patricia saying who cares who our corners are. Let, let's play uh, cover one and put them out on an island. Like he will adjust. I think they'll play uh, probably play a lot of quarters and, and have those guys playing zone with two safeties over the top. So I think they will make adjustments and we'll see what he can do. But obviously they lost Carl Lawson up front last week. Uh, their corners are among the worst in the league. So like he really has his work cut out for him. I, I thought they could have been a little, you know, somewhat interesting if, if Lawson, was healthy with Lawson and Quinn Williams and CJ Mosley in the front seven. But, uh, you know, no edge rush and no corners is a really tough foundation to start with. Well, that's good to know because uh, I thought this was Travis Fulgham's best day in a while, um, both in one-on-ones and in team drills. But uh, knowing that he was going up against uh, not very good corners helps uh, contextualize that. I, I think mean, he's... there's still guys who are on an NFL roster. I'm not trying to like crush them, but well, yeah. sure. But I mean, comparatively it's, speaking, it's not yes. like he was separating either. It was just sort of contested catches. He, he ran a couple nice routes, um, but it also it also explains why like uh, like Mark and Michelle was like just just toying with people in one on ones, and so was Greg Ward. So <laughs> wow. I don't know what their options are in the slot, but uh, they did not look very good. And and Devonte Smith is like uncoverable in in one-on-ones 
and uh, and Quez Watkins had a uh, actually Jalen Rager had a, a nice uh, deep touchdown during that that period as well. Yeah, Nate, Nate Tice on Twitter. If you don't follow uh, Nate Tice, of course, from our uh, the Athletic Football Show, uh, he does a great job with all sorts of stuff. But uh, he was posting some film of the Eagles preseason game of Devontae Smith that I thought was uh, was fun to watch. Just kind of yeah. how much space he creates at like different levels uh, when he's running his route. So um, the the arrow is obviously pointing up. He's going to be a fun guy to watch. I thought the best um, analysis I heard today was from a couple of like, I want to say like 10 or 11 year olds who were who were behind us in the very beginning of practice watching individual drills. And they were all just going crazy about uh, look at how skinny number six is. Look at how skinny his legs are. And they, and they, but there was another kid who was like, yeah, he's already the best route runner on the team. Like, that's oh, it. You guys got good. it. You're, that's very savvy. We don't need We don't need any more notes. That's exactly correct. So there you, there you guys go. Yeah. Those are your practice notes. They're actually in the practice notes. Both okay. practice notes are outstanding, uh, and and we had we we both had fan reaction to oh you had a good in one in our notes. Oh, and it, what, what was yours? Uh, well, during stretching, a fan shouted, uh, "Give me the Heisman!" And I'm assuming he he meant like he wanted Devontae Smith to do the Heisman pose, hmm. uh, which Devontae Smith did did not oblige, but. <laughs> It, it allowed me to to put. Did you know that the last Heisman Trophy winner on the Eagles was? Do you guys know the answer? Tim Tebow. Uh, no. Oh, there's been one since Tim Tebow. Yes, to the yeah the quarterback that year who was the quarterback in the 2016. Oh yeah, Sanchez. No. So Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford. Uh, yeah. Okay. People used to tell me they thought that Sam Bradford looked like me, and I never saw it. Who who said that? Yeah, no, I would say. <laughs> no, people said that when he, especially when he was in college. No, I would say if Sam Bradford and Chevy Chase had a baby, then like maybe mm. that might look like you. Okay. <laughs> a little bit of a flex there. I don't think it's a flex. Sam, I think I'm a better looking Bradford? guy than Sam Bradford. That's not a. That's not a, I don't think that's a flex. <laughs> bring yourself to Sam Bradford. Yeah, I mean, I think Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford's not a, like a traditional hunk. What are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I'm he's not, a fine-looking um, man. He's no D'Amico Ryan's. I'm not commenting on his on his looks. I'm I'm just saying, like, leave it to Bo to compare himself to a. I like. I am liking what Forum <laughs> Park is bringing out of Zebra. No, a, a penga crushing ball. <laughs> what? No, <laughs> we're doing all our pods from uh, this a, hotel. Like a starting quarterback. Like you, you look like a. Starting what does that have to do with looks? <laughs> Just my, just our faces. No one. I'm not saying people were like you look like you could be a starting quarterback in the NFL, which I mean okay. I did lead lead the county in innings pitched once. So, but well, so you and Sam Bradford now, are basically you, the same. What I else agree. stood out to me today was uh, Jonathan Gannon. His press conference, it, it, like, could he, he and Jim Schwartz be any different? It feels like. Oh man. I, I mean, like, don't John- you get don't you get don't you get future head coach vibes? Just from the well, press conference. Well, I don't. I don't want to jump to conclusions with that. I'm seeing that uh, around, and maybe like certainly he seems comfortable. Uh, I enjoy his chat, but what I just it just struck me like this is sort of, uh, the Bizarro Jim Schwartz is the Bizarro. Is that right? Bizarro Jim Schwartz, anti yeah, Jim Schwartz. What's the? I don't know what the word is, but uh, like like Jonathan Gannon came to the press conference podium and goes, 
happy Tuesday. <laughs> and like Jim Schwartz would would slowly walk up to the gym, to the listen, Jim Schwartz, I you know, overall uh underrated tenure as far as I'm concerned. Very uh, good. And I I enjoyed most most of the Jim Schwartz experience. I enjoyed Jim Schwartz, but he would walk up to the podium not say a word and then kind of just stare out into the uh, into the wilderness waiting for a question. And and what did Jonathan Gannon say to like end the press conference? Let's have Make a great a day today. Yeah. Yeah. Right up yeah. my alley there. Now he yeah. did do the football move of looking at his watch to see what day of the week it is. The football guy move. Oh, right? like, you love before that. he said, before he said, no, you, before he said happy Tuesday, he looks at the watch like, Oh, 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 what's the day of the week, you know? So uh, they all blend together. Yeah. All, all football coaches, like they, they have to be really smart to get their position, but they can never know what day it actually is. Gannon well, you like said he's this... hitting the weights hard. I feel like, yeah, I don't know what is work. I would like to know his workout routine. Maybe that's the kind of thing a national reporter could ask about. <laughs> Maybe. Well, one of his, I was, <laughs> I was, I was watching, uh, a, a get to know Jonathan Gannon video that the Colts did. Of course did. you were. As you do, and, yeah. And one of his activities, he he said, is is working out. There you nice go. Thing. He might have a nice routine. He might. What a know. boring activity, though. Like, I disagree. You know, not like, just as like a personality trait. Like, oh, what are your favorite hobbies? Working out. Come on. What are we doing? I think that's fine. You're by yourself. You throw a podcast in, and uh, you feel good at the end. I but think it's pay attention. Fine. To- in future Jonathan Gannon uh, press conferences, pay attention to uh, – he has a, a, a move where Ooh. he's about to answer the question, and he takes a, a drink of water, okay? Mm, yes. He takes a drink of water. <laughs> Have you noticed this, Bo? You think that's, you like, think that's to formulate a game plan? <laughs> it's, it's to think of what he's about to say, but it's like a very, very – like, like he's, he's really enjoying that, that, that sip, right? Like it's a very pronounced, <laughs> it's a very pronounced sip. So go back and watch. I that have video. not noticed that. Yeah. It's, it's not like a, a subtle sip. It's like, um, like I'm really savoring this sip of water and now I'm going to get to the answer to the question. I don't know. That's interesting. I haven't gotten thing. that read from the sip. Yeah. Obviously so now, obviously now all I'm going to watch is the sip. <laughs> yes. Watch I the mean, sip. If you're Jonathan Gannon, you're terrified about what Zach has noticed about you before you even coached a game as a defensive coordinator. I mean, if he's here in like year three, who knows what, what the scouting well, the, report's going to be the, like. The terrifying part probably came back when he was hired and you guys were asking me where he met his wife, if, well, yeah. if you recall that. so That's true. Yes. And so you had an answer. To this by now. I did not go there in the podcast. So mm, Okay. Um, okay. What didn't you say? Oh no, the, the Gannon thing is the other thing that stood out to you, Shield. Yeah, you the, 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 those were really the extent of my practice notes, to be honest. Okay, um, there was a there was a bit of a scary moment um, during team drills with the Eagles' offense when Jalen Hurts hit uh, Quez Watkins down the field. It was actually probably supposed to be a sack, but but Hurts was rolling left and launched it deep, and and uh, Watkins went up and made like a really nice catch, rose up for it, but then fell on his back. Uh, sort of in a way reminiscent of what Tyree Jackson did the other week uh, in which he hurt his back and Quez was lying on the ground. And then like weirdly uh, Jalen Hurts and a a couple of the other receivers just dragged him off the field. Like Jalen Hurts took his leg and somebody else took his shoulder and then they just dragged him off the field so that they could continue the drill uh, with the the second team, which to me I just read as – he must, you know, Quez must have said, like, I'm okay, just get me off the field. And then he, he ended up going in to get looked at and then came back and finished practice. So so it turns out that he was fine. 
but I mean, maybe a moment, a momentary scare. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I he always, did finish. Uh, he did come back and, and and play, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. What were you gonna say? I, I'm sort of I'm kind of enjoying the uh, you know the Jalen Hurts personality a little bit more as he. Me too. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say I don't know if opens up is definitely not the right word, but um, no. But I think you know, he's a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, like he laughs at stuff. Uh, I do think there's an authenticity about him. I do think I can you I can see how if you were his teammate. You would you would really like him, you know, like like he's not he's not showing us the um right the full Jalen Hurts experience, yeah. but I don't think he's a phony. Uh, I, I he seems to like understand uh, leadership, being a teammate. Uh, you know, I don't think it's like a work hard to work hard type deal. Uh, I thought it it was really funny the the Jalen. You why don't you tell the Jalen Rager uh, quote that was your question, right, Bo? Uh, sure. Yeah, I asked Jalen I mean, I Rager. can do it if you want. Yeah, go for it. You tell it. Okay. You're, you're the national man. Well, Rager was just talking about Hertz, and I, and and they were sitting on – he said, well, you know, we were sitting on the bus uh, today, and he just – go and Hertz just looked at him and goes, I'm in that mode. And someone was like, uh, what mode? And Rager's like, I don't know. He, then he just put his headphones on. <laughs> And someone asked Hertz about it, and he just started laughing. It was like I was just excited for uh, excited for practice. So I don't know if that really translates with like me retelling it here, but I did think it was kind of just a funny moment uh, be- between. Uh, I between read it as I thought it was like Rager was trying to talk to him or something like that, and Hertz was like, "No, no, like I'm in that mode right now." Oh, see, I read it as like you, you know, read it. He as went up to just, the receivers. Yeah, I think he, right. he went up to the receivers and he oh, told okay. them, "He's like, I'm in the mode." And oh, interesting. As if like like uh, get ready for practice. You know, I'm I'm coming. So yeah, okay. yeah. I thought it was Rager's. Like, all right, I'm on a bus going to practice, and Hurts is treating yeah. it. You know, like it like it's uh something more than that. Like, let's get ready to you know pick these guys apart type deal. Uh, I don't know. We're really, I guess, reading a lot. Into so it, it sounds but... to me like let's just let's just zoom out a little bit. We you know we started with you comparing uh, this defensive line <laughs> to the '85 Bears. Now you're talking about how smitten you are. With Jalen Hurts, it sounds to me like like you're expecting the Eagles to maybe go like 15 and two this year, Sheila. You've totally well, turned first around. First of all, you just agreed with what I had said, where I'm I'm just enjoying his personality. Yeah, a but I'm already bit more. the high man on the season so far. It sounds like no, you're trying no, to... no. I don't no. I don't want that. Uh, I I don't want that um, crown. I don't want to stand on that mountain with you. I, okay. I, again, I'm really struggling. Again, I'm out of words. We've already spoken more today than we probably need to. Uh, so, uh, you know, I did, I am doing a piece for the athletic with my 10 favorites, uh, bets for this year that'll come out on Thursday, uh, on the athletic. I thought and it was supposed so, to come out on Wednesday. Yeah, I did too. There was a little, oh, little okay. bit of a, a little, little bit of a change. So now it'll come out on Thursday. And so when I do that, the first thing I do is I just go through the entire sheet and write down every, you know, every bet that could even be considered okay. goes on there. And so an Eagles one did not make the uh the, the final 10 but but i th- but they're what plus 500 to win the nfc east i mean if i oh, watch two more odds. if i watch two more episodes of hard knocks uh <laughs> i could be having them you know easily winning the division i think 500 so. is is a good bet you like that huh yeah all right so what would it take how many wins do you think it would take to win the division 10 zach do you agree with that in a 17 game season yes I think nine is would not be crazy. It wouldn't shock me. No, no, yeah. I, I think nine could. Yeah. Okay. I think eight could. 
All right, so nine or ten wins. They have what the third easiest schedule uh, if you go by BetMGM's projected right. win totals. Yeah, I mean uh, you're you're betting more against the rest of the division than you are. Of course, betting yeah. on the Eagles. Yeah, any other division, we would not even be having this conversation. Correct. Aside right. from maybe the. No, no, I think that's right. I think any other division, we would not be having this conversation. Yeah, maybe you could talk yourself into the AFC South, maybe? That's what I was going to say, but yeah. I think the Titans are... Yeah, you I think know, so, too. The Titans could have a top five, off, top, top five, top ten offense, but I don't think so. Uh, so, you know, the numbers I put out earlier this week were even last year with everything that was going wrong uh, the entire season, when Jalen Hurts was in there, they basically performed like the 21st-ranked offense, if you look at... Uh, EPA per play. So I don't know if you look at that and say, well, the coaching should be a little bit better this year. The supporting cash should be a little bit better this year. Maybe Hertz will be a little bit better this year. Like, could you talk yourself into, what do you think the ceiling well, is for a- this offense? Let, let's answer that question. Where everything goes right for this offense this year. What do you think their ceiling is? I think they could be a, a like, the absolute ceiling, I think they could be like 10th in offensive DVOA. Something like Zach? that. I mean, if the oh. if the offensive line stays, I mean, it's it's silly because every like big picture conversation starts with if the if the offensive and defensive lines stay healthy, you know, they could they could be they could be good. But if the offensive line stays healthy with all of their 30 year olds, I think there's I think they should have like a top they should have a top five running game. If that's the case, Ooh, top right? five. If the offensive line stays healthy and you have the threat of Jalen Hurts running the ball, I think they should have a top five running game, don't you? I mean, I think that's possible. I don't know okay. if I would go yeah, as maybe. far as should. Right, that's fair. Uh, I I would say they should have a top ten. Okay, uh, and they could, and they bit. could have a top three running game or something like that. Yeah, it's I think possible. They could. Uh, and then you just need like the offense, uh, the passing game to hold serve. And, and and hurts to protect the football. I think that's not that's not crazy. Zach, I I, I look at it as as a as a wide variance offense, right? Because yeah. I agree, it's a high ceiling, but it's also a very low floor. Like uh, things yes, could it go could easily really be well. a bottom five offense. Yes, things could go really well, but they could also be like uh, really struggling passing the ball. There's a chance, even if they're yes. healthy, where. Uh, you know, teams load up and and force Hurts to beat them through the air, and the wide receivers, other than Devontae Smith, don't get much separation, right? Let's say they they trade Zach Ertz before the season. Uh, I mean, there are things that could happen that that could that could make this a bad offense. But I do agree that the ceiling's there because the quarterback is interesting in terms of the way he can run the ball. They have more weapons than they've had. In the past, I think Devontae Smith is going to be legitimately good if they keep if they keep Ertz. That Ertz and Goddard combination uh, is is re- like I've been impressed with the way Ertz is playing this summer, and I think they're they're going to throw the ball to the running backs quite a bit. So they have a lot of options. This is not the bog offense, right? Like like this has has explosive ability, especially when you look at what Hertz can do on the ground. So I think the ceiling is probably I. I Let's say eight, just to give like a, a wow. non-round number. But yeah. then the the Tough basement, quartile, that's fair. like the basement's like twenty-eight, right? So yes. like anywhere from eight to twenty-eight. Yeah, I think I had in when I ranked the offenses. I think I had them as a bottom five offense. So let's put this in proper context because there are a lot of good offenses, and there are a lot of like offenses that you're 
uh, comfortable that you think they're going to be competent. I don't see their ceiling as high as you guys, I think. I mean, I would put it probably more, I mean, just a little bit lower. I think probably like the 12, 13 okay. range feels like, okay. uh, you know, that obviously there's like that 1% chance that, uh, you know, Hertz turns into Russell Wilson and um, they are they are better than that. But I think realistically- Well, I think, I would, well, no, sorry, go ahead. I would put it in the 12 to 13. I do think the formula would be, Run game being outstanding, which, by the way, you know, if you haven't checked out the playbook, of course, theathletic.com slash NFL playbook. Uh, True Media has a, has a stat that I like where I think they call it success rate, where basically was this a positive play in terms of EPA? And so I like looking at that with the run game because it's like a consistency thing. It's, you know, if you have a 98-yard run, like you're not getting, um, you know, overweighted credit for that. And like Jalen Hurts as a runner last year was very underrated. I, I mean, he was like in that range with the top, with, with the Lamar Jacksons and the Kyler Murrays. And actually Josh Allen was in that uh, mix as well as just when they ran the ball, the chances of a good thing happening were like higher than any other player in the NFL. So I do think there's a high ceiling as we were just talking about with their run game. The fumble thing is a huge issue though. I mean, he was, he had, I think nine fumbles and he played 30% of the snaps. <laughs> so we're probably glossing over that a little bit too quickly. Now I think two of those were bad Jason Kelsey snaps. I went back and watched them, but that's still seven fumbles, 30% of the snaps. I mean, you're talking about a guy who would by far lead the league. If you extrapolate that mm-hmm. over the course of an entire season. So, uh, I'm always sort of conflicted about how fixable that is specifically for a quarterback. It doesn't seem very often as we just saw with the last guy who played quarterback here, uh, that that is something that gets, um, remedied, but, you know, who knows? Maybe if you just cut that down a little bit and, uh, you know, you, you're kind of fifth in fumbles rather than overwhelmingly first, maybe that's something you can live with. Russell Wilson fumbles a lot, uh, not to keep bringing it back to him. Bo, how have you not made a comment yet? Uh, but but the know, one thing I – such a that's I, You know, I almost forget about the Russell Wilson thing. It's like <laughs> season one burns with friends. Mm, true. Uh, the the thing with the offense though that must be taken into account and, and and you mentioned Lamar Jackson right like the the Ravens hired Greg Roman that that year a coach who who or a coordinator rather who who had experience uh, designing an offense for a mobile quarterback now the Eagles offensive coordinator and their head coach who's who's calling the plays uh, you know they are hailed as as really good offensive minds and and we'll see how it bears out but their track record does not show an offense with a quarterback like Jalen Hurts right yeah I mean Shane Steichen has worked almost exclusively with Philip Rivers up until last year when he had what a game with Tyrod Taylor before he went to Herbert and Herbert's uh, mobile but that wasn't necessarily the way they used him and then with the Colts Nick Sirianni had a year of Andrew Luck, and Andrew Luck has 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 a good mobility. But like, if if you're talking about the ceiling for this offense with the way Jalen Hurts can play, this coaching staff hasn't necessarily called games for that type of quarterback before. So I I think that's the variable here that is really hard to predict: is how are they going to call games this year? Yeah, well, and like, we talked about it. Like you know the. We, we malign the Joe Flacco signing so much, but like obviously the signing of Joe Flacco is an indication that they were not ready to like completely remake the offense in uh you know the the you know the Lamar Jackson mold or or just be building around you know Jalen Hurts as a runner being the focal point of the offense that otherwise that would not have made sense. But we've seen a little bit of it 
uh, throughout camp, and I think it's going to be certainly a part of the offense. But but you're right; it has not been you know this staff's mo necessarily. Yeah, I don't think that would have been the right move, but it would have made this season really interesting if if like instead of you know if he hired like an offensive coordinator from college who was just like a uh, a wizard with dual dual threat QBs and they're just mm-hmm. like we're we're leaning completely into this and let's see what happens. But uh, you know, I, I don't think they should have done that. Again, I, I you know the likely outcome there of that working out is is low, but that would have uh, that would have made for an interesting twenty twenty one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I guess we should save the Zach Wilson discussion for tomorrow. We can we can get to that then. Yeah, I'd I was like to say, I'd like to get some eyes on. Plenty him. for tomorrow. I haven't really yeah. uh, I haven't really watched him uh, over this uh, over this practice. So, uh, Zach, how's your hotel room? It's nice. It's nice. Yeah, no issue. Oh well, <laughs> it's it's a it's a nice hotel room. No, no. What's the uh, what's nothing the I'm going to complain about? What's the well? I'll, I will let Sheil address that because I, 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 I didn't. I, I said before we came on air, I mentioned something, and then she was like, "Save it for the pod." But it wasn't something I would prepare to talk about on the mm-hmm. podcast. Well, it's it, it's the uh, slowest flush and the least powerful flush I've ever seen. I mean, interesting. You, you, I haven't you noticed haven't that. Go, you haven't gone to the bathroom yet. I ha- I have, but I haven't noticed the flush. It hasn't. Okay. It hasn't. It hasn't stuck out to me. I thought yeah, it was a very I mean, good shower that I took. Yeah, I well the shower yes, the shower pressure is good and it's one of, what do you call that? A rain shower head? Oh yeah, it's a big old square Love of, of that. a rain shower head. Yeah. Out, out, that's good outstanding. Stuff. Uh so that's very good. The shower pressure is good. The toilet, yeah, like I mean, even if you're just, you know, going tinkle and you go to flush, I yes. mean it's it, it it's it's kinda like what would happen if at your house like seven people came over and you're, did a and non-tinkle. You're like, What's going and did a non-tinkle and tried to flush. Right, yeah. And you're like, all right, where, where's the plunger? All right, well, should we, yeah. do, you know? Yeah, one of those. Like, that happens every single time you flush. Like, I I was literally, I'm staring at it going. <laughs> I like that you've had to be- flush like 10 times today. Oh, I got to say, I got to hydrate. Yeah, okay. no, you need to. Um, yeah, no, so- but you don't want to be the guy who who calls down to the front desk, right? Exactly. Because that's, that's always an embarrassing interaction, right? If, if, exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. right, I, I say always as if I have a lot of experience with it. I, I, that, yeah. I imagine that that's that's uh, an embarrassing interaction. When, <laughs> One like, would imagine. Yeah, when someone comes up to your room and you're like, can you fix I'm the so toilet sorry. for me? Oh, yes, gosh. Exactly. Yeah, no, you have, to, you have to do that when you're going. If you have to do that, you got to do it when you're leaving. I mean, you can't be in the room room hmm. or you got to really try well, not there I for guess an extended period of time that's true all right that's true all right so everyone beware <laughs> <laughs> let's try to everybody avoid that okay all right uh all right is there anything else uh, from practice or post-practice that we should that we should discuss i would say the the ball was on the ground for the jets not in terms of incompletions i, I thought zach wilson was pretty efficient as a passer but in terms of like fumbling you know there was a strip at another point in practice uh, on a, on a, a running play, I believe it was, it was Ty Johnson and Jonathan Gannon has, has been outspoken about like the way they teach stripping the ball. And it, it did stand out. we the Eagles offensive players have become conditioned to the, the defensive players going for strips after the whistle because they're working on the technique. I don't know if the Jets players were like ready for that because after the whistle, you would see, Bo's boy, Elijah Riley, come in and try to yank that ball away, right? Uh, But this one I'm talking about was a strip before the whistle. 
And then there were, uh, you know, the strip sack, and I put sack in quotations, uh, like Shield mentioned. You, you don't usually see fumbles in practice as, as much. So something to watch out for with the Eagles this year because it is a major point of emphasis from Jonathan Gannon. A, a matter of fact, he, he said today that the first guy who gets to the ball is not always taught to make the tackle. He's taught to hold up like the player for someone else to come in to try to make the strip. So uh, watch out for that this season. And then what Darius said, Slay said, said that's not true. Yeah, exactly. Darius Slay said that. That's not how I approach it. I try to, <laughs> yeah. I, I try to get both. I try to get the tackle and the strip. Yes. Like, it sounded like it was very situation dependent, whatever the teaching point yes. is. Yeah. Well, uh, last thing I will say on, on this topic is when I was in Indianapolis and I was interviewing uh, Flex, uh, Matt Eberflus, their defensive coordinator, who, of course, Jonathan Gannon coached under, who Eberflus, I guess, is the originator of this hits principle. Mm. Has Gannon talked? Ta- he yeah, talks about so it quite a bit, and it, and, and it would bother Bo because, like the last, because it, the uh, the acronym <laughs> it doesn't it it doesn't all work right in in terms of the same part of speech. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, it doesn't. I'm I'm Marissa has just sent us something um, that is very funny. Oh. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, hopefully, she can post that uh, when, when the episode goes live. Um, yeah, it's not. Well, it's not. It's not quite as so egregious as the one in the uh, practice yeah. facility. What is that one? So it's it, well. So it's it's hustle, intensity, takeaways, smart. Right. So smart situational yeah. football, according to Eberflus. Uh-huh. Yeah. I so hate that. so Gannon just just made it smart. So so smart is an adjective, and then uh, you know so you so you have different. Uh, you know, forms of grammar there, but not as much. It's, well, it's not as offensive as the. It should just be smarts, and then it would be fine. Smarts. Okay, so you should you should you should tell them that. But you were really upset at the five core principles of Nick Sirianni. Yeah, it's terrible. What are they? I will pull it up. Um, let's see. Here. Yeah, the the uh, the non parallelism of the uh, parts of speech of those five things is just totally maddening. It is okay, okay here I'm, you go. It is it is connect, compete, accountability, football IQ, and fundamentals. I mean, what are we doing? There's a there's a uh, there's a uh, an equally frustrating billboard on ninety-five. I don't know if you guys guys have seen it, and it's like uh the first thing is like um make f- make make a list of five things, and then the list is only four things. All right, let's you guys let, 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 let no, no, I have you heard not. about this. Definitely have not heard about it. I can tell you that no, drives me nuts. Okay, we'll take a picture next time, post it to Instagram, of course, to follow me on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> at Shield Capone. You know, I had a longer point, a, so I want to, okay. I'm going to save that on the Eberflus uh, Gannon thing. We can discuss that okay. during, t- we're doing another podcast. Yeah, we're tomorrow, trying to get so to let's dinner. do that. Uh, there was the Eagles did uh, the offense did successfully convert a like uh, a two minute drill against the Jets defense in that final compete period, um, which was they had it ended up being like first and goal from the seven or first and ten from the seventeen with sixteen seconds left and on the first play well not the first play but on that play uh, there was a pass interference on Dallas Goddard in the end zone <clears throat> which was obvious and then from the one yard line Hertz hit uh, Jalen Rager on a little sprint out. Uh, you know, easy sort of 
one yard touchdown pass and uh they sort of i mean i, I think it's fair to say the, the eagles won this day uh, if you guys were saying the d-line dominated that, that it's fair to say the eagles were the better team today correct yeah i would agree with that yeah. okay you like asala i don't know him Listen, yeah yeah so. let, let, we'll save you here okay, i'll write down right. sala for sala sala uh handsome question mark Save oh, that for 100, yeah, hundred percent. Oh, oh no, <laughs> he's, okay, he's yeah. very handsome. Yeah, handsome guy. Yeah. Okay, I like uh, his presence in press conferences. Right? How you problematic know, would it be for me to rank the thirty-two head coaches in terms of um, attractiveness? I think we'll yeah, be that, would, that would be a, that would be a problem. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it would be problematic. I, I how problematic? I mean, <laughs> the scale of like get fired <laughs> on a scale of work in journalism again i don't i mean we can cut why don't we come up with the scale and we can answer that for you tomorrow <laughs> by the way topanga wasn't like uh, i mean i i don't want to like disparage topanga but like there oh, were God. you know she when you're like, careful zach yeah when you're 13 years old there's you know all these <laughs> i don't know it's it's not worth getting into things uh, are happening wait so who who's the who was the part the, of life who was the rushmore who was the rushmore of your uh of your adolescence uh, you know, there were, I mean, there were quite a few. Um, <laughs> oh, flex. Um, you know, I thought that there was a guy yeah. in, in line at the hotel. I'll, this. I'll say this hotel. So the guy was a little too horny for my, uh, for my liking. Where they're asking him, what, you know, does he want two queens or a king? And he says, the only... The only time I need a king is if I'm getting action. <laughs> Dude, why are you telling the front desk? Uh, I mean, <laughs> so everybody in this hotel, chill the free, it goes take a cold shower and calm down. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I, All right, I don't want to answer think, the question to avoid you, a drop. That's that. That's you the thing. think it I, over. You think it over tonight. And no, you, I mean, I, I, with, uh, with no, your, I, with your top I have, I have the answer. I just don't think it's podcast. Oh, give us one more from the answer. Um, like uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt it would be high on that. Oh, list. Okay. Traditional. Good. I would say a popular answer from that time period. If yeah. I see that guy in the lobby, I'll ask him his thoughts. on <laughs> That'll be good. Topanga and Jennifer Love Hewitt, and then I'll run for the hills. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. We'll be back tomorrow uh, to wrap up the second of the two joint practices, and then we will be back on Thursday night following – or Friday night, rather, following the uh, preseason game between the Eagles and the Jets. For Shield and Marissa and the man who wishes he was Sean, I'm Bo, and as always <laughs> – we love you.